1: Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. I'm Arjun, and it's truly a pleasure to welcome you on this edition. At Secrets to Win Big, you would hear from leaders from all walks of life who will share their individual paths to success. You know, winning is always fun, but I have found that winning big really puts you in the position for long-term sustainable win. Today, my VIP guest is Jeffrey Hazlett. Jeffrey Hazlitt is a primetime television host of C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlitt and Ex perspective live on C-Suite's TV. He's the host of award-winning All Business with Jeffrey Hazlitt on C-Suite's radio. Hazlitt, a global business celebrity, Hall of Fame speaker, chairman and CEO of C-Suite's network, home of the world's most trusted network of C-Suite leaders and best-selling author. His most recent book is The Hero Factor how Great Leaders Transform Organizations and Create Winning Cultures. Jeffrey Hazlitt's primetime TV and podcast host, chairman and CEO of c Suites Network, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and global business celebrity. And one of the things I want to add is every interaction, every time Jeffrey has, he adds value to the person across. Jeffrey, truly a pleasure to welcome you to this podcast.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to be here. I like any podcast that's big. I like that. Big is good.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And that gets me to the first question right away is you see big opportunities where most of us don't. And then you, you know create a path where you say this so often is crawl, walk and run. So the first part is how do you see opportunities when most of us miss it? I don't know. A lot of
0: it's experience, you know, in terms of being in the right place at the right time so many times. But I say that all the time. You know, I bought and sold over 250 businesses, you know, 25 billion in transactions. So when you've done this numerous times, like that's just part of it. I I also think that maybe it's a little bit the brain is wired a little bit that way, you know, in terms of, you, you know, just like someone has good vision or better vision than others. Some wear glasses, some don't. I have the ability, I think, to be in these business things to look for those opportunities all the time. And and I don't always think about what caused that to happen. It just happens, you know. It's like my wife will say, hey, where do you want to go to dinner? And I'll say, "Tea Steakhouse. And she goes, you didn't even think about it. Oh, yeah, I did. I thought about 400 different places in my head And that's where I wanted to go. And you didn't think I did that, but I did do that. We just didn't have a discussion about the 400 restaurants that we could have listed. I just went right to that because that's where I want to go. So, and that's the way these things come at me. They, you know, it's everything's a big cloud and all this stuff is there. And all of a sudden I can pinpoint and go that, that thing right there, that.
1: And in that, I think, you know, what you just also showed is from the big cloud, you're picking that one thing and there's a very rapid processing, but then you're also committing to that decision. So yeah. as you get into how does crawl, walk and run, and how does that help to get ideas to make them big success?
0: Well there's a process that you have to go through and I don't care whether you're a little child all the way through an athlete we all started off with crawl then we had to walk then we had to run now some of us move through those steps a little faster but you never you never get to skip them and the same thing with business you got to lay great foundations great processes you know you have to outline great value, the values of what you want to do the value of what you're going to provide to the customer the messaging all those steps got to occur if you've done it more, you can move through those steps faster, but you still have to do them, right? So if you're using like Asana or a Monday, you still have to lay those things out. You just get to skip them and click them and make them green pretty quick because, you you know, you've gone through them. And that's, that's the way you find a lot of entrepreneurs who've done this over and over. You see some entrepreneurs, they have four or five exits well why do they have four or five exits well it's because they got that process down and really know and got it fine-tuned now outside of that they might not be as good on the personal side they might not be as good in other domains as they are in that and that's i think that's the way it is for great entrepreneurs too
1: So i think that's brilliant so if you just tuned in you're listening to jeffrey hazlett and jeffrey just in you know told us something which is so simple but brilliant is whether you're a child or an athlete, you must go through the three phases, crawl, walk, and then run. Some of those you can go through faster over time, but it's very important that to know that you cannot skip a step, and that's very essential for success.
0: Arjun, I can jump in. Let's imagine you want to be a maestro, you you know, and you're going to be a maestro. You want to be a great musician. You got to start off playing bad notes, man. But if you practice really well, if you know, or you got to learn to read music first, you know, so these are the steps you got to go through. But, but all of a sudden you see one, you know, musician picks up another instrument fairly quickly. Well, he can skip the reading music part, Okay. He mm-hmm. can re-skip the tempo part. He can reskip skip the, you know, I don't know. You could tell I'm not in music, but nonetheless, you can eventually be a maestro. You can eventually be a world-class musician in many areas, but you've got to go through those steps. You never stop those steps, period.
1: Absolutely. That's brilliant. Like, even though you claim you're not a musician, but what you said is simply brilliant is you start with playing bad notes on the way to yeah. be a maestro. It's like that's absolutely brilliant like these are one-liners i really think we all listening to you love you know getting these because headlines stick with us and that's brilliant
0: okay.
1: so in your amazing career you know you have had incredible amount of successes you know if you have to pick one and you know show us some secrets to how you got there you know what would you pick what would you share
0: Well, I mean, there's been a lot of things I've done over my career. I think the one that had the biggest impact, at least in scale, was when I became the chief marketing officer at Kodak, without question. You know, uh, it was a Fortune 100 company. I stepped into a very big environment. I stepped into a, you know, a very big quagmire of opportunity and, and also, you know, bad things that could could and did occur in that process because, you know, we're going through the digital transformation. Like a lot of companies, it wasn't necessarily Kodak's fault, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's a situation, you know, so I used to ask people like in audiences, like, how many of you have bought a, a roll of film in the last year? And this is back in the, you know, like 2008, and only a few hands would go up, and I would say, "Well, welcome to my welcome to my life." You know, uh, that's what it was like back then, uh, and and so I think that one had the probably the most profound kind of impact. Now, how how did I get there? I got there because I was a valued consultant. I was a valued. Uh, contributor. Um, I'd worked with Kodak over a decade before, as I worked with Xerox and lots of major printing companies. And so I worked alongside of them doing different kinds of work and in ancillary industries, selling them. They were my customers. Kodak mm-hmm. was, Xerox was, Mito was, Fuji was, uh, I can name Mito. I can go, my gosh, I'm just trying to think of all the printing companies, but hundreds of different printing companies I was selling to in the mid 90s or early 90s. And um, so I knew them along the way, and I had the opportunity to come up with a, um, you know, I I exited out of one other business that I was in called Webprint and Color Bus at the time, a technology company. We were partners with Sheldon Adelson, who owns the Venetian, you know, one of the richest men in the world. And we were doing some technology businesses with him, and we tried to corner the market on web printing. Mm-hmm. Um, and web printing me the internet web, not web in terms of the the kind of printing that that there is. there is a web offset printing, by the way, for those people who don't know. Uh, but we're talking about uh, we were that we were AOL print, we were Kinko's print. We were all those. We were the technology behind printing on the internet, which we all mm-hmm. thought was going to take off. We thought it was going to be a billion-dollar business. It turned out to be a $10 million business. And I was there to try to build a billion-dollar business. So I left that. And in the process, I started thinking about, well, where is printing going to go? What's going to happen with it? What's the imaging business? Who owns that? Who's at the crux of that? Well, that was Kodak. Who are we? They had more patents than anybody else. And so I devised a a strategy to take to them to buy other companies of core technologies of what they could have that would drive them to the future. And that core technology sold them a couple billion dollars worth of technology. And in that process of selling it, they said, hey, you got to come over and help us run it. Mm -hmm. And I said, sure, I'll do that if I can be the chief marketing officer. At that time, they had a chief marketing officer, so that wasn't that mean they would have had to fire that person. They said, no, but we'll, we'll name you the chief business development officer and we'll put you in uh, the graphic side of the business. And if you do really well, we'll give you this overall job. And I said, done, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to go and work for a big major brand like that. And uh, that's how I stepped in.
1: You know, I'm so glad you picked the Kodak example because I was talking to a fan of yours who has seen you do that transition. And he described your performance there as, you know, of course, a former Fortune 100 CMO that led the team through one of the biggest turnarounds in corporate American history that made an impact way beyond Kodak and that timeframe. And, you know, a lot of us look at resumes, but Jeffrey, when somebody after all these years recall in that brilliant way, it's really incredible on the impact you had and that too beyond Kodak. And the second thing also, I talked to quite a few people in about your favorite phrase. And you just said that you are, you know, the word you just used is I'm in. And I really feel that that is so important in the business world is the consistency and authenticity with which you say I am in and you mean it like I've seen you in action and just want to bring it to all of us who are listening is, you know, being like Jeffrey A lot of us want to be getting there, but one of the big things is when you're in, you have to say with commitment, I'm in.
0: Yeah. I call it drinking the Kool-Aid. Some people get mad at me. because I say that? But you say, well, you should drink the champagne. I said, well, let me be clear for most of us stepping into most corporate jobs. It ain't about drinking champagne. It's about drinking Kool-Aid. Yeah. You're, you're getting a test. It's a test. Mm-hmm. And you either make the commitment to it and or you don't make the commitment. You can drink champagne after you succeed. If you like that, I prefer scotch, but nonetheless, we'll get into that. Yeah, yep. it, But it is, a, it is a commitment. And if you're not doing it, because it's going to mm-hmm. get tough. It's not easy, especially at that level level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I, by the way, I thank you for bringing that uh, nice accolade from someone. I, I did a lot during that time period. I mean, I helped change the way a lot of people were doing marketing at that time mm-hmm. uh, because everybody was doing it the old way. And I said, nope, this is changing. Social's coming, get ready. I was one of the first thousand people on Twitter. You know, I named the very first chief blogger. Wow. No one had ever had a, a blogger. And I said, well, we're going to name a chief blogging officer. And we were the very first ones to do it. I was, I was, I named the first chief listening officer, you know, which was the first person to listen social media and figure out that, hey, we're going to move from this centralized planning, you know, of how we operate for products. Now we're going to drive products, how we're going to drive change, and how we're going to drive marketing to this decentralized thing that's out there with all these people who are going to have input on it. And everybody was freaking out. And I said, well, get ready because mm-hmm. it's coming and, and it'll make us faster, quicker, more nimble. And, but you got to have a thick skin in it. and that's why I said, you got to drink the Kool-Aid because people are going to come at you. They're going to attack you. We used to have that all the time. People come to us and complain. And I'd always say like, well, how many people complain on Twitter about us today? And they would say, well, maybe it was 10. I said, come back when you got a zero, come back when you got two zeros, mm-hmm. because it, you, you should be able to, it. you know, like even a thought leader, you can't be a thought leader unless you have haters. You can't, You can't be, you know, a good company without pushing the edge of it and having distractors. You're going to have that. So you just got to get, you got to drink the Kool-Aid. You got to say you're all in because it can get depressing. It can get hard when people are yelling at you, calling you things, (laughs) and they do at that level. Trust me. I I experienced that the first day, first, the third day of being at working at Kodak, I got called into the chairman's office the third day Wow, for doing something wrong. And it wasn't really my fault, but you know, I'm the chief marketing officer. It's my responsibility, and I was chief business development officer at the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was the one responsible for it. So uh, yeah, I got called I got my butt called into the office and and uh, and chewed out for uh, rightfully, rightfully so. And I was valuable less, valuable less. So,
1: but at the same time, I think what you just showed us is not only are you seeing trends, but you are also acting like you being one of the first thousand on Twitter, the first person to put somebody in charge of blogging, a first chief listening officer. I think that is very important for us to all learn. Listening to you is not only you have to see the trend, but also have to take the risk and be ready for that call on the third day of a new job as a CXO, and be confident to get through it. But all that comes from action. So Jeffrey, if I take you back a little bit, you know, what's your biggest inspiration, like a person or story that, you know, you source so much of your confidence and inspiration from?
0: Well, I, I was lucky enough with my parents to allow to be able to just pretty much do anything I want. So, I was, it was a lot of hands off. And some of it even to the point when I was 15, 16, moving out of my own house at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty much on my own uh, in my teens. And so you learn to be resilient. You learn to eat. you got to work to eat, you know, if you're going to eat, if you're going to have clothes, you know, those kind of things. Like, yeah, that's some pretty important stuff. So the most important thing was, I, I always remember this story, and some people probably won't like it, but I, my dad taught me how to swim at the, what was the name of that place? We lived at a trailer park. And mm-hmm. There was a swimming pool in the middle of it, Holiday Estates, that's what it was called, mm-hmm. in Warner Robins, Georgia. And we lived on King Arthur Lane. All right, and we had a trailer. My dad was in the military. My mother worked as a bookkeeper uh, for the trailer park mm-hmm. at Mcglamory Estates. And so he taught me how, to, how he taught me to swim. He took me down to the swimming pool. He put one of those rubber things around me, he pulled the plug and he threw me in the deep end. Wow. OK? That's how I learned to swim, because mm-hmm. otherwise I and I remember choking a lot of water, and you know, he, he made sure I didn't go under, but you know, mm-hmm. that's how he taught me to swim. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's how you learn most things that you do in business, quite frankly. You know, even at Kodak, I'm sitting in meetings going, my God, somebody should fix this. And I'm looking around until I realize, oh, that's me. You know, Um, you know, it's me. I'm one responsible for it. A person that's responsible for your success looks at you in the mirror every single day that's the person that's responsible person responsible for your business looks back in the mirror every single day person responsible for sales looks back in the mirror every single day i mean you're the one so i, I learned that very quickly and you're gonna have to you have to you know buck up buttercup and get it done
1: so you talked about resilience in the business world what would be your advice to leaders who are trying to get to the next level like how can what is resilience in the business world
0: well, I use the word uh, relentless. You have to be relentless. You know, it's like somebody I just got through talking a few minutes ago, runs a, a Jewish marketing agency, real good friend of mine. And you know, in New York, uh, 10% of the population is Jewish. You know, if you, wanna, if you want to penetrate a good buying market, even during COVID right now, uh, the men have to wear suits. They're required to wear suits. You and I can get by with just putting on a suit coat and our Zoom shirt and wear shorts, you know? Nope. They, they're they required, the Orthodox Jews, to wear suits. Boom. So, you learn things. So there's opportunity for that. And, and 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 we were saying, well, with COVID, everybody's kind of like, well, maybe we shouldn't bother them. maybe it's a little slower. No, you have to be relentless, okay? Mm-hmm. If you want to reach big brands, you want to sell to them, you want to sell to the corporate world, you have to keep calling them 50, you didn't reach them the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time. T- just keep calling till you do it because eventually they're going to pick up that phone. That's just the way they are, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to learn to be relentless. And in the corporate world, that's what you have to do. You are surrounded by champions of no, a captains of no. Everywhere you go in a corporate world, Argent, you worked in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. You know, as progressive as Papa John was, there are people around you who say it's not in the budget. There are people who around you who say, oh, we tried that once before. Oh, there are people around you who say that will never work. And they are champions of no. They're they're like, a it's like running a gauntlet, mm-hmm. okay? Inside of a corporation and in most businesses, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have that in my own team. They'll say, oh, Jeff, we didn't have it in the budget. I said, who gave you a budget? I said, <laughs> go do it right? I didn't give you a budget. And yeah. I got that you think that that, Ooh, $120 is expensive a month. Oh no, it's not, not for what we could get in the backside. So let me convince you of that. You mm-hmm. just have to be relentless.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that was brilliant is you are surrounded by champions of no, and you have to <laughs> be relentless. Like, you know, these are one-liners I think will stay with all of us, Jeffrey, as we are listening I'm listening to you. So here's a question for you is, you know, in the corporate world, many a time, eminent failure face, you know, stares at us, true leaders, get their team to navigate and turn that into some of the biggest successes ever. So can you talk about, you know, sometime you were literally failure was staring at you and how you guided the team to the one of your biggest wins?
0: Right now, right? right, We're in the middle of it. All of us are. Hmm. Listen, COVID-19, almost all of us, there's businesses going out of business all over the place. And you can sit and whine about it. I got that. I understand for some people, some businesses, I'm sorry, you are literally screwed because that's the nature of it. But where there, where there is crisis, there is opportunity at all at all sides, there's always a shot and of some kind. Now you might have to totally change, but it's just like that movie, that movie Dumb and Dumber, where he goes up to her and says, do you think we have a chance? What's my chance of dating you? And she goes, one in 10 million. He goes, so there's a chance. Okay. There's a chance. All right. Mm -hmm. And and so right now, when you look at it, listen, Arjun, I am not a doctor. I am not a nurse. I can't even sew a mask, but what I can be is a business first responder. That's Mm -hmm. my job. So I could sit back and complain and, and, and say, look, I'm not going to hit my 1K. I'm not going to hit my global status on United. I'm not going to do this. I could complain about it or that I can get my, you know, pull my pants up and I'll put on my big boy pants or big girl panties and whatever, and I can put them on and I can jo- go drive and thrive, not survive. A lot of people talk about surviving, uh-uh, a drive and thrive. So it's a mindset of saying, I'm not just going to survive, I'm going to get through it and I'm going to be stronger and I'm going to be better for it. So we do, we've we done that with our C-suite network. I mean, you would think that we would be seeing a downturn when quite the opposite of that. We're on an upturn. Why? Mm-hmm. Because we said we're going to change the model a little bit and we're mm-hmm. going to get more aggressive. We're going to turn it up, you know, and we're going to we're going to put a quarter in and go for the full ride. And this is what we're going to do. And, and so that's what you have to do sometimes. So it's many times I've faced I face that many times I've, I've come close to bankruptcy, you know, when I owned a printing company one time, and I just had to pick up the phone and have real blunt conversations. Look, you squeeze me now, you'll never see a penny, it'll go bankrupt, and you won't get it, or you can work with me. You know, I, you know, so my first year I made money, my second, third year I lost so much money. My fourth year, I turned it back around, turned it positive, paid off all my debts, and I could hold my head up high, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it happens all the time. It happens all the time in business. There are good days and there are bad days. You just have to string more good days together than bad days. And you're gonna fail. That's the other thing. Everybody talks about, you know, failing fast. That's the big kind of thing right here right now. Oh, it's fail fast. Bullshit. Who wants to fail fast? Failing sucks. I want to win fast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to fail. Trust me, I fail all the time, fail every day. But, but in the end, what I got to try to do is win. And I got to win fast and big.
1: Mm-hmm. I love this about the mindset you talked about is it's not the mindset to survive, but the mindset to drive and thrive. Exactly. So, you know, Jeffrey, if Jeffrey from today in 2020 got a chance to talk to Jeffrey just coming out of college, just launching his career what would be one advice you would give that amazing kiddo?
0: Go faster. Go faster. I think, I think we, we wait around sometime for somebody else to do it. I think sometimes we wait for someone to give us permission. I think we wait for, you know, all the things to be in place. And my advice to most people, my advice to myself would have been, I would have knocked down those walls a lot faster. Hmm. And even though I did them pretty fast, I would have done a lot faster. And, and the other thing I learned, you know, especially being from South Dakota, I'm from a state where most people call it a flyover state, you know, it's like Middle Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yet we're a very progressive economy, but we're small. I mean, there's more people in the stands eating that 500 the day of the race than our entire state. So that, that's, you know, it's just the nature. We've been practicing social distancing since 1889. You know? So that's our state. Well, I thought it was a pretty, I, I grew to be a pretty big business in South Dakota till I realized there was Iowa, till I realized there was Indiana, till I realized there was New York, then I realized there's Japan, then I realized there's the UK. And I learned that I could add zeros very quickly. And I learned that no matter whether you're on Main Street in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or you're on Wall Street in New York City, it's just zeros. Mm -hmm. And it's the same kind of people and the same people I see in those businesses in Wall Street. Come from my state, come from other places in the world, and they put their pants on just like anybody else. And I would have done it a lot faster because I would have been on Wall Street a lot faster. You know, if I'm measuring that as my success, and that's my point. My point is, no matter how big you think you are, there's always someone bigger, and you can be bigger, and you could do it bigger. And that, that's the title of your show. And you just, I would have done it a lot faster.
1: Hmm. So every person, every leader I talk to, I realize true leaders success doesn't happen by chance, there's a process. Because I find success that is planned, that's the success that can be repeated. So, you know, with every leader, I love to ask the same question at the end is, so is there a process that when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you think of? And what's the last thing when you're winding down from your work life? What's the last thing you think of or do? Is there a ritual or a process on your daily routine? So
0: my first thing I think of are the things that I've got to get accomplished that day. And I I write this, you'll see a sheet here, I'll show it to you. But this is my sheet for today. This is my sheet for yesterday. And you see the lines, it's the same ones. I kind of like do that that way. Like, here's my my key things I've got to get done today. Here are my key thought processes or things I need to check on. And then here are the calls, the emails, the kinds of things I've got to get done. And I, I focus that, so I prioritize my day every day. And then I look at my calendar and say, okay, is everything relate to the priorities of the things I've got to get done, you know, because I've got to deliver on my conditions of satisfaction. So are those things that I'm looking at right now going to get me where I'm supposed to? And if not, I don't do them, not doing them, you know, so I'm really focused in on what can I eliminate? What can I delegate? What can I automate, you know, in my, in my system. And at night I try to reflect on the things I did right. You know, and the things I did wrong. If you if you watch me come off the stage after a keynote and I'll turn to a staff and said, Okay, how'd that go? What'd you think? What could I've done better? Mm-hmm. And I'm and that's what I look at the end of my day. What could I have done better? And and is there anything that I've left off that day that I should have got accomplished because I, I need to address that. So and then I'm trying to work more of this into my mindset of what I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think we spend, I think we need more mindfulness practices around that. And I think it helps you because I'm constantly go, 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 go. I think it's time for you to also just pause, pause, pause. Mm-hmm. And you need some of that in your life. Otherwise, um, you know, you
1: don't have that balance. You know, Jeffrey, thank you. This was absolutely incredible. For those of you are listening, you know, all of us, we got so many incredible nuggets. But I just want to leave you with five things Jeffrey Hazlett gave us today. The first thing he just gave us was, you whether you're a child or an athlete, you have to go through every time through the phases of crawl, walk, and run. Over time, it gets faster. But for you to get to long-term success is very important to build the process. Another huge nugget was to be a thought leader, you have to get used to all the naysayers or haters because... Without that, you are not living at the cutting edge. And what also I think you know, all of us got was, Jeffrey, your confidence when you walked into the office of the CEO on the third day with the commitment, even though it was you just when you had the job, but you owned everything from day one. The third big aha was you're surrounded by your champions of no's, which means being resilient is very important. No is a very strong inertia. Breaking it takes time. And that's another big aha you gave us. Going faster, all of us can. And that's the part where the thing that personally really stayed with me was we are surrounded. You know, we wait around and we wait for permission. Nobody ever gives permission to break the wall. So to me, I really think doing it faster. And finally, I think with all of us right now, this was such a very relevant message for us is, you know, don't just get into the mindset to survive. There are opportunities, trust yourself, as Jeffrey Hazlett just said right here is, get into the mindset to drive and thrive. And even somebody who is this high functional. Jeffrey, what he also talked about at the end was, it's very important to be in a state of go, 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 but then also pause, 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 to look at mindfulness and be grateful and be full of gratitude. You know, Jeffrey, again, thank you. I can't thank you enough for all these valuable lessons, wisdom you shared with all of us. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you all for listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. For those of you who are listening live on Facebook, I really appreciate you taking the time. And if you just even put a heart or a like or anything or share with friends, I would really appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to bringing you another leader next week, who will share his or her wisdom from a different walk of life. Thank you again. Thank you, Jeffrey Hesley. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.